Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about the combined oral contraceptive pill. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash COCP or in the contraception section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. The combined oral contraceptive pill or COCP contains a combination of estrogen and progesterone. The combined pill is more than 99% effective with perfect use, but less effective with typical use at around 91%. The pill is licensed for use up to the age of 50 years. Let's start by talking about the mechanism of action. The combined pill prevents pregnancy in three ways. It prevents ovulation and this is the primary mechanism of action. The progesterone in the pill thickens the cervical mucus, making it difficult for sperm to get through, and the progesterone also inhibits the proliferation of the endometrium, which reduces the chances of successful implantation if fertilization occurs. Estrogen and progesterone have a negative feedback effect on the hypothalamus and the anterior pituitary, which suppresses the release of GnRH LH and FSH. Without the effects of LH and FSH, ovulation does not occur. Pregnancy cannot happen without ovulation. The lining of the endometrium is maintained in a stable state whilst taking the combined pill. When the pill is stopped, the lining of the uterus breaks down and sheds. This leads to a withdrawal bleed. This is not classed as a menstrual period as it's not part of the natural menstrual cycle. Breakthrough bleeding can occur with extended use without a pill-free period. Next, let's talk about the types of the combined pill. There are two types of the combined oral contraceptive pill to be aware of. Monophasic pills contain the same amount of hormone in each pill and multiphasic pills contain varying amounts of hormone to match the normal cyclical hormonal changes more closely. A special type of formulation called everyday formulations, for example microgynon 30ED, meaning everyday, are monophasic pills, but the pack contains seven inactive pills, and this makes it easier for women to keep track of where they're up to with their pill packet by simply taking the pills in order every day, without having to remember the seven-day pill-free period. Different formulations vary in the amount of estrogen, specifically ethanol estradiol, and the type of progesterone that they contain. Examples of monophasic combined contraceptive pills are microgynon, which contains ethanol estradiol and levonorgestrel, loestrin, which contains ethanol estradiol and norethisterone, Celeste, which contains ethanol estradiol and norgestimate. Yasmin, which contains ethanol estradiol and drospirinone. And Marvalon, which contains ethanol estradiol and desogestrel. The NICE clinical knowledge summaries updated in 2020 recommend using a pill with levonorgestrel or norethisterone as the progesterone first line for example, microgynon or loestrin. These choices have a lower risk of venous thromboembolism compared with some of the other progesterone types. 
Yasmin and other combined oral contraceptive pills containing drosperinone are considered first line for premenstrual syndrome. Drosperinone has anti-mineralocorticoid and anti-androgen activity and this may help with symptoms of bloating, water retention and mood changes. Continuous use of the pill as opposed to cyclical use may be more effective for premenstrual syndrome. Dianet and other combined oral contraceptive pills that contain cyproterone acetate, for example co-cyprindiol, can be considered in the treatment of acne and hirsutism. Cyproterone acetate has anti-androgen effects, which can help improve acne and hirsutism. The estrogenic effects mean that co-cyprindiol has a 1.5 to 2 times greater risk of venous thromboembolism compared with the other first-line combined pills, for example microgynon. Due to this higher risk of venous thromboembolism, it's usually stopped three months after acne is controlled. Let's talk about the pill regimes. The combined pill can be taken in different regimes to suit the individual. These regimes are equally safe and effective. Three common options are 21 days on and 7 days off, 63 days on, meaning 3 packs, and then 7 days off, and this is referred to as tricycling, or continuous use without a pill-free period. Next let's talk about the side effects and risk. Unscheduled bleeding is common in the first 3 months and should settle with time. Other side effects include breast pain and tenderness, mood changes and depression, headaches, hypertension, venous thromboembolism, however it's worth noting the risk is much lower for the pill than for pregnancy. There's a small increased risk of breast and cervical cancer which returns to normal 10 years after stopping the pill and a small increased risk of myocardial infarction and stroke. Next let's talk about the benefits. The benefits of the combined pill include effective contraception, rapid return of fertility after stopping the pill, an improvement in premenstrual symptoms, menorrhagia or heavy periods and dysmenorrhea which is painful periods, a reduced risk of endometrial, ovarian and colon cancer and a reduced risk of benign ovarian cysts. Next let's go through the contraindications. When you're starting any form of contraception, it's essential to consider the contraindications for the individual. There are specific risk factors that should make you avoid the combined oral contraceptive pill. And these factors class the combined pill as UKMEC4. These include uncontrolled hypertension, particularly above 160 over 100, migraine with aura, which carries a risk of stroke with the combined pill, a history of venous thromboembolism, aged over 35 and smoking more than 15 cigarettes per day, major surgery with prolonged immobility, vascular disease or stroke, ischemic heart disease, cardiomyopathy or atrial fibrillation, liver cirrhosis and liver tumours, and systemic lupus erythematosus or SLE and antiphospholipid syndrome. It's worth noting that a BMI above 35 is UKMEC3 for the combined pill, 
where the risks generally outweigh the benefits. A Tom tip for you, the UK MET guidelines have helpful tables that allow you to compare risk factors quickly and assess which form of contraception is most suited to the individual. It's worth looking these up and getting familiar with them and then using them when counselling patients if required. Next let's talk about starting the pill. Start on the first day of the menstrual cycle, meaning the first day of the menstrual period. This offers protection straight away and no additional contraception is required if it's started up to day 5 of the menstrual cycle. If the pill is started after day 5 of the menstrual cycle, they require additional contraception, meaning condoms, for the first 7 days of consistent pill use before they're protected from pregnancy. Ensure the woman is not already pregnant before starting the pill. For example, check that they have been using alternative contraception reliably and consistently. When switching between combined oral contraceptive pills, if you're changing the type of combined pill, finish one pack, then immediately start the new pack without the pill-free period. When switching from a traditional progesterone-only pill to a combined pill, they can switch at any time, but seven days of extra contraception, for example condoms, is required. Ensure the woman is not already pregnant before switching, checking that they've been taking the progesterone-only pill reliably and consistently. When switching from desogestrel, they can switch immediately and no additional contraception is required. The reason this differs from traditional progesterone-only pills is because desogestrel inhibits ovulation. Next let's talk about the consultation. There are several things to check and discuss when you're prescribing the combined pill. Go through the different contraceptive options including long-acting reversible contraception to see what best suits the woman. You'll also need to go through the contraindications, the adverse effects, instructions for taking the pill including missed pills, Factors that will affect the efficacy, meaning how effective the pill is, for example diarrhoea and vomiting. Discuss sexually transmitted infections, including the fact that the pill does not protect against these. And consider safeguarding concerns, particularly in those under 16. It's important to screen for contraindications by discussing and documenting age, weight and height, including calculating BMI, blood pressure whether they're a smoker or non-smoker, significant past medical history, particularly migraines, venous thromboembolism, cancer, cardiovascular disease, and systemic lupus erythematosus, and ask about a family history, particularly of venous thromboembolism and breast cancer. Next, let's talk about missed pills. Missed pill rules are commonly tested in exams, particularly in MCQs or by having to counsel a patient in an OSCE scenario. It's worth understanding the theory as this makes it easier to work out what to do. In reality, always double check the rules with guidelines or product literature to make sure you get it right. The best way to understand the rules is to consider that theoretically, women will be protected if they take the pill in a cycle of 7 days on and 7 days off, as this will prevent ovulation. Missing one pill is when the pill is more than 24 hours late, meaning 48 hours since the last pill was taken. 
Missing one pill when there's less than 72 hours since the last pill was taken. The guidance is to take the missed pill as soon as possible, even if this means taking two pills on the same day. And no additional protection is required, provided other pills before and after are taken correctly. When missing more than one pill, meaning more than 72 hours since the last pill was taken, the guidance is to take the most recent missed pill as soon as possible, even if this means taking two pills on the same day. And additional contraception, meaning condoms, is needed until they have taken the pill regularly for seven days straight. If they're on day one to seven of the packet, they need emergency contraception if they've had unprotected sex. This is because they haven't been taking the pill consistently for seven days in a row, so they're not protected against ovulation. If they're on day 8 to 14 of the pack and day 1 to 7 was fully compliant, then no emergency contraception is required. If they're on day 15 to 21 of the pack and day 1 to 14 was fully compliant, then no emergency contraception is needed However, they should go back-to-back with their next pill pack and skip the pill-free period. Theoretically, additional contraception is not required if more than one pill is missed between day 8 and 21, or in week 2 or 3 of the pill packet, and they're otherwise taking the pills correctly, although it's recommended for extra precaution. Finally, a few things to consider. Vomiting, diarrhea and certain medications, for example rifampicin, can all reduce the effectiveness of the pill and additional contraception may be required. A day of vomiting or diarrhea is classed as a missed pill day as the illness may affect the absorption of the pill. Finally, it's worth noting that the NICE clinical knowledge summaries updated in January 2019 recommend stopping the combined pill four weeks before a major operation, classed as an operation that lasts more than 30 minutes, or any operation or procedure that requires the lower limb to be immobilised. This is to reduce the risk of thrombosis. So thanks for listening to this episode on the combined oral contraceptive pill. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about the progestogen-only pill.